Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning, folks. How are we doing today? Well, we want to welcome those that are watching around the world, wherever you are, Susan and Pastor Mark and Rick. I, I called him the other day. Uh, he's somewhere, China or somewhere, and I said, Siri, what time is it in China? She said, 3 a.m. I was like, yes. So I gave him a call, and he's like, are you crazy right now? So uh, we want to welcome you all that are home and watching around the world today in this great crowd. Let's give it up for our praise team this morning. And they, they are amazing, and they just take us right to the gates of heaven, amen? Well, we're going to go two places today. I've got to really get started. I, I want to tag along, uh, tag on to what Pastor Mark has been talking about, been talking about our giving, and I want to share a little bit on that today. I want us to go two places. We're going to go in Psalms chapter 22, verse 1, and then we're going to get out of there and go to Psalms chapter 23. How many of us know that sometimes you have to move around in the Bible? And we need to get out of the book of Job, and if you're down and out, don't go over there. Amen? Well, stand up and hold your Bibles up if you found those two places. They're real close today, Psalms chapter 22 and verse 1, and then we're going to go also to Psalms chapter 23, and we're going to try and encourage you out of that today. Repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what my Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. And I really mean it this time. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody say, woo! Thank God for a lively church. Amen. I'm excited today for this opportunity to... Be on staff here as one of the pastors here in the, in the fastest growing church. And I thank God for what he is doing here in this church. I want to share something with what Pastor Mark has been talking about. If he's listening today, I'm sure he's taking notes. But uh, Pastor Mark gave us a great teaching on giving uh, for about four weeks. And it wasn't because the roof is leaking, the air condition is out, the van has got to need an engine in it. Or the donut ministry is going to go out of business. It was not for those reasons. The reason he was talking to us about our giving, it is, be, it is for our own good. It is so that we can reach to new levels in life. So that we can go to the abundant life. And we must remember that even in our giving and serving and praying and going and doing, sometimes it seems as if God is on vacation. Even when you're going and doing and giving, I give you a reminder today that God is not on vacation. And not only that, I want to remind you that we're not just giving to get, and, all, and sometimes money is not the, the, the whole thing that we're after. More than anything else, when I leave this world, I want to have peace and joy with God. You can have my million dollars when I'm gone. I won't need it anyway. But I want to have some peace and some joy unspeakable uh, with God. And we need to understand that in him, sometimes we think that God does not hear us. And when God doesn't hear us, we think that God needs a hearing aid. 
when he said he thinks that he's on vacation somewhere getting his ears fixed. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not exempt from the times that God is not answering. You're not exempt from those times. There are times in all of our lives when we say, where is God and what is he, what is he doing? I'm giving, I'm going, I'm doing. Well, I want y'all to know something today that my house caught on fire a couple of weeks ago and I'm living in a hotel. My mother is in a hospital right now, 94 years old, and she is not responding as, as, she, as I think she should be because I've been praying for my mother. But yet my house caught on fire. I, my mother's not responding. She's in the hospital in Houston and my children are going through some things. But those things that I'm going through does not change the holiness of God. And it does not change who God is in my life. Can somebody understand that? Then I don't want to go around just talking about those things. I don't want to continue. I know my mother is sick. I'm going to pray for my mother. God hadn't healed her yet, but I'm not going to turn my back on God. I'm praying for my children. They're not where they're supposed to be, but God says that if you pray for your children, he said your whole house will be changed. So I'm going to wait patiently on God. Somebody say this with me. When I'm down to nothing, my God is up to something. And you got to remember that. We can't be just a bunch of whiny little mosaic Christians. Amen? We got to understand that life is tough. It'll beat you down sometimes. And that you may not have money and food. You may not have a lot of things, but Nehemiah said it this way. He said, you can have great choice food. Go ahead and have some sweet drinks. He said, and even send some to those that don't have anything. Remember that the day is holy. Don't grieve. And he said this in the end of that. He said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you turn in your joy, you'll give the devil everything else you got. You got to learn how to sing that song they used to sing years ago. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. So you can't just sing that when your pockets are full of money. You got to learn to sing that when you're going through some things. And so we find David in Psalms chapter 22, verse 1, and David hasn't heard from God. He doesn't understand why God is not answering him, and he's saying it this way in Psalms 22 and 1. He said, my God, my God, where have we heard that at? Did we not hear that on the cross with Jesus? And if Jesus had to go through it, how many of us know that you and I are going to have to go through some things as well? You're not exempt from it. And even when Jesus got pierced in his side, he told, he told him, uh, uh, doubting Thomas, he said, get over here and touch my side. And when he touched his side, he said, "Whoa, you are the Lord. He said, no, no, no. He said, blessed are they that have not seen, but yet they believe. And see, you, everybody gets an owie. Can I get an amen? amen? But it's what you do with that owie when you get it. Jesus said, I got an owie. I'm going to take mine to the cross so that you can have an abundant life. Amen. I came that you may have life and have it to the full. And we can't get that twisted in John 10 and 10. Because a lot of times when we quote that, we're thinking of lavish homes and cruises and cars and money. They have so much money we can't spend it. That's not the case, folks. I need more than one amen right there. And so he is in anguish, and he's saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far away from me? You see, when we can't find God, we go, we go into these places that, that we just curl in, and we wonder, where is God? But you got to remember, when I'm down to nothing, God is up to something. He's working on your behalf. 
I don't want to be living in a hotel. I want to get back home to, to my home. I don't want my mom to be sick. I want my mom to be the mom of old. That's what I want. But what God wants and what I want is going to take some patience. It's going to take some time. And I have, I, my mom is 94 years old. And if mom wants to transition into heaven and God wants to take her, I have to be satisfied with that in my God. I don't know when I'm going to get back in my home, but I'm not going to. Hey, you know, it's kind of like a honeymoon, a vacation type deal. So, I, you know, hey, we'll get back soon. Amen. But I want to get back in my home, but I, gotta, I cannot be angry with God. And here's David saying, why are you so far from helping me? And David knew what it was like to feel the presence of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I felt your presence today, why can't I feel it yesterday? Why can't I feel it today? And so we get impatient with God. David had experienced the deliverance of God time and time again. But on this occasion, he cannot find God. You know, God hasn't moved. Your situation doesn't, doesn't run God away. He knew this was what's happening in your life now. He knew it when you was conceived in your mother's womb. But we got to be patient with God. And worse yet, there seems to be no explanation for the lack of help. God don't have to answer you just because you're asking. He should. Remember when Lazarus died, he stayed four days? How'd you like a pastor like that? Stayed four extra days. You got to be patient with God. You know, I'm seeing signs of my wife that, that God is healing her and bringing her back. This was, this was a great week for her this week. And I'm believing God that soon that little deal is going to be over. And we'll talk about it someday. We'll sit up here and we'll just have us a little uh, conference, a committee up here, the two of us. See, I've been through some things. But God is still on the throne. God is still healing and dealing and wheeling. But we got to be patient. We got to wait on God. Amen. And so David is having a hissy fit and wondering what's going on. But your suffering and your agony does not change who God is or his holiness in your life. You can still live the abundant life no matter what you're going through. Money is not everything. Happiness is what I want. And so our souls may be, may be uh, shipwrecked and storms of life is overpowering us and people are despising us and our circumstances are overpowering us and can't seem to hear our God and so what I do when I can't hear God in, in a certain place, what I do is I change chapters. So go with me to chapter 23 of Psalms. You see, David is over here, and what that is is a type and a shadow of, what, of, of Jesus Christ. Jesus said the same thing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus, God is like, I've forsaken you because you have taken on something that I have to, to walk away from you. i got to turn my back on you for a few minutes. But, oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to break. See, that's what you got to say. See, Christianity is not for a bunch of little sniveling wimps. Uh, come on, somebody. We got to stop crying. We got we to gird up. And I'm talking to preachers that may be listening, sitting at home. Maybe you're giving up. It's time for you to get up and get going, all of us. We're all going through some things. And so I want you to stay there at Psalm chapter 23. I'm excited about this today. Because the abundant life, I don't think Pastor Mark was telling you to come and give 10% of your earnings so that you could have an abundant life. What he's doing right there is asking you to be obedient to God. To be obedient to God in your giving. And when you give, you don't run home and sit down on the couch 
and wait for someone to ring the doorbell and say, you won the sweepstake. That is not what he's talking about. He's talking about you getting in the stream of things and being obedient to God. And once you got a seed in the ground, how many of us know you got a crop coming up? You got a crop coming. I'm going to tell you who taught me to, to, to be a giver. is Brian Thomas. He taught me how to give. He taught I was giving, but I wasn't giving, giving, giving. And he taught me how to give, give, give. And I thank you for that, uh, Brian. And then he sent me a, a, a photo of 10 years ago to today when my right arm was nearly burned off. I caught on fire in the backyard. Burned all the black off my arm. It was horrible. We might put it up there the next service. But so I'm still, I'm still not angry with God. But John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. An abundant life refers to life in its abounding fullness of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. There's a lot of dead rich people that went out last night, left millions and millions of dollars, left tons of things, but they didn't have any joy. I want the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And one man, a scribe, come running to Jesus. And y'all don't have to go there. Just said Psalms 23. He come running to Jesus in Matthew. He said, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied in Matthew 8 and 20. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Basically, Jesus was saying to him, you sure you want to come with me? You sure you want to come with me? I'm going to tell you something. We're going to be a strong church. We're going to be a strong church. We're going to be an obedient church. We're going to be a growing church. How many of us know that sometimes you got to be challenged? And I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard Pastor Mark years and years and years, and I've never really heard him just preach on, on tithes and offerings and giving, and it ain't because the roof is leaking. Amen? It's not because there's a great need in the church. When I grew up, if there was a van in the church that needed a transmission and they take up the offering, and they needed $200, they'd send that offering plate back through there. <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? Is there anybody know what I'm talking about? They would say, uh, we're 200 short on the van. <laughs> they'd send the bucket back through. And I'd be sitting there like, are they serious right now? I don't even know if a church got to do that. That's a poor church. And the people are not doing what they're supposed to. Yeah, and that's it. I'm telling you, trust me, if that bucket come back and it's only 190 bucks in that bucket, we need 10 more dollars. <laughs> we are not doing that here at Mosaic Church. If you... <laughs> we ain't doing that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Well, because we're going to give, get through with that, and move into praise and worship, get ready for something else. Amen. Sending that bucket back, and it, it was just crazy. Now, here's David. He's going to change his tune in, in, in Psalm chapter 23. And this was written while David was running from Saul. But in spite of the situation, David remembers how good his God is. In spite of chapter 22, I said, well, I wonder what was happening in chapter 22 because I'd never read it. Let me go back and see what made David write chapter 23. You see, there's some chapters in your life. Come on now. Job lost his stuff in chapter 2 over there somewhere, but there was 40 more chapters in his life. You see, some of you are going to get your stuff back in the next chapters of life. 
Job lost his stuff early, and he had all kinds of opposition. But Job said, I'm going to wait until my appointed time. And see, I lost half of the amens right there because you want yours right now. I'm standing here today because God has taken me from glory to glory to glory. That's why I'm standing here. I think I'm doing pretty good for a little old kid that came out of the hot cotton fields of Texas. Amen. But God had to take me from glory to glory to glory. And here I'm standing today with my house, been my, the kitchen just caught on fire. And I get home and they say, my daughter called. She said, Dad, what's happening at the house? I go, oh, no, I'm not there. She said, well, the neighbors say there's smoke everywhere. I get home, I came get into the neighborhood. So I park where I could, and I'm running down to my house because I, I want to see what's going on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody would have been in that house and the fireman standing there looking silly, I'm going in. <laughs> Jesus said, I'll die for mine. Don't try that unless you got the same kind of spirit. <laughs> well, Pastor Jesse said the other day to run into the fire. I'm telling you what I would do. I'm thinking I would anyway. Amen. Amen. And so now David is going to change his tune because David, something is in his mind. Something, somebody say, remember. So David remembers something and he got out of chapter 22 and he said, the Lord is my shepherd. See, he's going to change his, his verbiage. He's going to change his tune now. Somebody say relationship. See, when you're away from God down in the mully grubs, you, you lose your connection with God. But he remembered and he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's relationship. And he said, I shall not what? I shall not what? Somebody say supply. Oh, he's picking his attitude up now. He's going back to the abundant talk of God now. He's coming out of the mully grubs while he's saying, where are you? Why can't you hear me? And he goes to some that say, no, no, no. I'm getting out of that attitude. The Lord is my shepherd. So you got to change your verbiage if you want to go to a different place in life. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, I'm not out in some field somewhere in the cuckaburs and the stickers and nothing there. But I'm not only lying down in, in green pastures, but I get to eat in a, in, a, in, a, in a better place. He making me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, sometimes you got to take time out of life to sit down somewhere and shut up. Some tranquility, some peace, some alone time. When the grandkids call and say, what are you doing? I'm doing nothing and you're not coming over. Peace. See, he, he leading me. He makes me lie down. Sometimes God will have to make you. You'll be walking around town. I wonder what happened to my toe. He making me to lie down in green passes. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? Well, I don't really have no money to go to the ball game. He making me to lie down in green passes. Get somewhere and sit down. And not only that, he said, he, he, he leads me beside the still waters. That's called spiritual rehab. He leads me beside the still waters in that spiritual rehab. Y'all remember the woman at the well? When she, I'm, I see her all in the middle of this verse too. He making me to lie down in green pastures and, 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 and he leads me beside the still waters. Somebody say refreshment. You got to be refreshed in life. Some of y'all just running around doing, going, giving, ripping, running over here. 
picking this up, benevolence, running cookies over here and running, giving sweaters to the poor, and you're everywhere. You got to sit down somewhere. You got to refill. I believe sitting in that hotel, and I'm on the fifth floor over there overlooking Integris Hospital. And I'm there to pray over them when I pull them curtains open in the morning. I'm going to find some good in me being up there. He leaded me beside the still waters. That's refreshment. He restored my soul. Remember when that woman came to that well and she sit there and he begins to refresh her. He said, woman, the water that you drink, you'll thirst again. But let me refresh you. If you let me give you a drink, you'll never thirst again. I want to refresh you, lady. And not only that, I want to guide you. He restored my what? Somebody say healing. healing. That woman came to the well with a pitiful soul. She had had five husbands, and the one she was living with was not her own. How many of us know that that's high maintenance, low impact? (laughs) That's high maintenance, low impact. She's not living the abundant life. And Jesus now, he's going to refresh her, and he's going to heal her soul. And he leaded me by paths of righteousness. She still wants to talk about the, the mountain in Jerusalem. Well, you Jews say we're supposed to uh, go, go praise God upon the mountain. Jesus said, hold up, lady. Let's cut the religious stuff. He said, there's a day coming when you will serve God in spirit and in truth, lady. It doesn't matter if you're on a mountain or in a Rolls Royce. You're going to serve him in spirit and in truth. It ain't about a mountain. You see what he's doing now is he is guiding her. He is refreshing her and healing her and guiding her. And folks, to me, that's the abundant life. All of these things. And then he does, it for, he does it for whose name's sake? That means that that's purpose. He refreshed her. He healed her. And he guided her for his purpose. And what was his purpose? So that she would get up off the couch and go witness. So that she would run and tell somebody, Woo, come see a church over there, Mosaic Church. Come see a church that told us everything about ourselves. Come see a church that told me I ought to start giving my 10%. Come on down there and see a church. Because they talk about a man that will tell you everything about yourself. See, he didn't just save this woman to go running around keeping it all to herself. Mine, 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 I'm saved. No, he did it for, he did it for his namesake. And he lead, led her to a path of righteousness as guidance for his namesake. And then it says, yea, do I walk Through the valley of the shadow of death, come on somebody, I will fear no evil, for they are where? And that rod and that staff, they comfort me. Say this with me, relationship, supply, rest, refreshment, healing, guidance, purpose, testing, protection, and he is faithful. And we're not even through yet. You get some more stuff. That's the abundant life. David stopped the woe is me and remembered that I am all that in a bag of chips in God. I was at the IHOP here a while back, a local IHOP, and a woman had come into the IHOP to eat her last meal and go home and commit suicide. And you know she was depressed to eat her last meal there and go kill herself. I ain't mad at aha, but I'm not eating my last meal there. <laughs> she was depressed. 
But she heard myself and a friend sitting there talking about the goodness of God, a table next to her. She was headed back to us, and we were just talking about the goodness of God. Thank God we wasn't talking about our motorcycles. We were talking about the abounding goodness of God. We are talking about how good God is. She gets up, and she writes this little note and walks out and dropped it on top of one of my pancakes. I'm like, no, she didn't. And the letter said, I came here because I'm so depressed and I'm taking all kinds of medication and I'm so depressed that I came here to eat my last meal and go home and end it all. But I heard the two of you see somebody say, remembered. She remembered because somebody was talking about it. She remembered the goodness of God. And we walked out into the sunlight of IHOP and we had church right in the parking lot. And she didn't end her life. She gave her life. You see, folks, we, we forget about who, how good God is. And he says, I will fear no evil. And I can see David, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can see him. Somebody says it's only a test. I can see David walking out there down through that valley. That could have been death for him that day. But it's only a test. And sometimes you got to reach back and remember who you are. You got to reach back and, and, and tell the giant, you come at me with a sword and a, and a javelin and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You got a spear and a javelin and a sword, but I come at you in the, yesterday I killed a lion and a bear. And you're next. That's the attitude we got to have. Yesterday. What did you do yesterday? May not be anything happening today, but remember what happened yesterday. Yesterday he healed me. Yesterday he woke me up. Yesterday he did this. If you can remember that, you can face your giant. You got to stop talking to your giant all day. You got to stop talking to God all day about your giant and go tell your giant about your God. You got to get it switched up. God already gave you the power to take out your giant. And so David gets out of his sting, and he goes back to Psalms 23, to the abundant life. And he says, I will feel no evil, that's protection, for thou art with me. Somebody say faithfulness. And he said, thy rod and thy staff, they do what? Somebody say discipline. You see, we need all of this. This is the abundant life. This is the, even discipline is a part of the abundant life. And, don't, and really think about it. Our sermon series on giving was for you. It was for you to go to another level. And it's really for you not to think about lavish trips and vacations and cars and all of those things. But that is to get you into the mainstream of God's provision. That's all that was. You know, Pastor Mark, he, he, just, he doesn't like having, I know it was uncomfortable somewhat, but he, he, wasn't he good at it? But we're talking about a church that's going to live an abundant life. But we can't be talking about what's hurting us and what's bothering us and what we don't have. If you go to Psalms chapter 23, you got a lot of stuff. Say it again. Relationship, supply, rest, refreshment, healing, guidance, uh, purpose, testing, protection, faithfulness, discipline, 
And verse 5 says, they're prepared to table before me in the presence of my what? That's hope, folks. Can you imagine God saying, okay, your enemies are cutting up. I'm just going to prepare a table right in the, in the middle of your enemies. I'm going to prepare a table for you. So that they'll see that I'm still in control. And so that they will see that you are passing the test. I'm going to set it up in the presence of your enemy. Say it was a little boy who was cutting up at school, and his teacher put a note in his, in his pocket and said, get this to your mom when you get home. You, you've been cutting up, little Billy. He gets home, and his mom reads the note, and she says to little Billy, she says, you, you got in trouble today. So what I want you to do, I'll put a table over in the corner, and you go over there, and you sit down, and you pray before you eat. Little Billy said, Lord, you have prepared before me a table in the presence of my enemies today. <laughs> He said, won't he do it? Come on, somebody. He said, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Somebody say, that's hope. And then I like what he said. He said, thou anoint my head with oil. That's consecration. I mean, consecrated. He anoint my head with oil. And then he said, my cup does what? That's what? An abundance. Somebody say an abundance. And then he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life, somebody say, that's blessings. And then he says, and I will dwell where? How long? Somebody say, an eternity. So let's go over it again. Relationship, supply, rest, refreshment, healing, guidance, purpose, testing, protection, faithfulness, discipline, hope, consecration, an abundance, a blessing, and it's forever. Amen? Man, I feel so much better we got out of Psalms 22. <laughs> Sometimes you got to move around. You got to move around. We get out of Psalms 22, and that was just preparing him to remember. He, he just said, the Lord is my shepherd, man. And the one thing I want to elaborate on today is the faithfulness. How many of us believe that God has been there for us all the time? How can the world not buy in to God being with us all the time? He's been there forever. He's given us an abundant life forever. In Genesis, he was the breath of life. In Exodus, he was your Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he was your high priest. In Numbers, he was a fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he was Moses' voice. In Joshua, he was salvation's choice. In Judges, he was your lawgiver. In Ruth, he was your kinsman's redeemer. First and second Samuel, he was your trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he was sovereign, meaning I worked by myself. In Ezra, he was a true and a faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is a rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he was Mordecai's courage. In Job, he was a timeless redeemer. In the book of Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, he is wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, he is a time and a season. In Song of Solomon, he is a lover. He is, he is a lover's dream. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he was weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he was a cry from Israel. In Ezekiel, he is a call from sin. In Daniel, he was a stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he is the spirit's power. In Amos, he was the arm that carries us. 
In Obadiah, he is the Lord, our Savior. In Jonah, he is the great missionary. In Micah, he was the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he was pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores a lost heritage. In Zechariah, he was a fountain. Some of us need to get under it. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God, he is man, he is Messiah. In the book of Acts, he is a fire from heaven. In Romans, he is the grace of God. In Corinthians, he is the power of love. In Galatians, he is the freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he is our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he is a servant's heart. In Colossians, he is the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Thessalonians, he is our soon-coming king. In Timothy and Titus and Philemon, he is our mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he is an everlasting covenant. In James, he is the one who heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he is our shepherd. In John and Jude, he is a lover coming for his bride and last but not least in revelations he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the prince of peace he is the son of man he is the lamb of god he is the great i am he is your alpha and your omega he is my god and he is my savior he is jesus christ my lord he is my provider and time is no more and when time is ended he still is can i get an amen in this house i just gave you 66 reasons to continue to serve your god he did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody? Because if I did, there's nothing else I can do for you. I just gave you 66 reasons to stay with it. Somebody say, ride it out. You got to get up on your spiritual surfboard and ride it out. You got to find you some scriptures so you can ride it out. Get out of them scriptures that beating you up and you got to go to another level in life. Get out of them bully grubs. Get up in the morning and start praying. Get up in the morning and start doing something. Get up in the morning and start meditating. Get up in the morning and say something positive. When you get to work tomorrow, it's going to hurt some of y'all, but smile a little bit. Are y'all still here? I want you to stand up with me this morning. I want to pray over you today. We're going to be a church that understands the abundant life. We're going to be a church that understands that just because I'm going through some things, I'm pressing through the barriers. Somebody say, press on. Press on. Stretch your hands toward heaven and repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus. I love you this morning. I realize that money and cars and things is not the abundant life. Although you want us to have those things, that is not the abundant life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In Jesus' name. You love God today. He's an amazing God. He's an amazing God. Stay the course. Stay in there. Stay with those that are falling around you. Oh, I'm going to tell you one day, I'm gonna, we're gonna, my wife and I, we're going to have a testimony that's going to knock your socks off. But she's healing. Y'all continue to pray for her. We love her. She's an amazing woman of God. But she, we, we've been through the fire. I say we've been through the fire. But I don't know but one song, and that's, Lord, don't take her. She's all I got. Are y'all still here? Pastor Mark, come on up. We love you, man. <laughs>